What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, church family. This is Marilyn Mitchell, and I'm the Women's Ministry Director at our New Vision Buchanan campus. And I am excited to continue with you today this adventure in the book of Joshua. Today, our reading comes from chapter 7, verses 1 through 9, and I'll be reading from the English Standard Version. It says this, But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerach, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Bethavain, east of Bethel, and said to them, Go up and spy out the land. And the men went up and spied out Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not have all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not make the whole people toil up there, for they are few. So about three thousand men went up there from the people. And they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about thirty-six of their men and chased them before the gate as far as Shevarim and struck them at the descent. And the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until the evening, he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads, and Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all? To give us into the hands of the Amorites? To destroy us? Would that we had been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. O Lord, what can I say when Israel has turned their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear of it and will surround us and cut off our name from the earth. And what will you do for your great name? Well, the book of Joshua does not disappoint in the arena of drama and adventure. And we see here really some heartbreaking um, consequences for a trespass committed by the people of Israel. And specifically, this character, Achan, the son of Karmi, of Zavdi, of Zerak, of the tribe of Judah. Um, And I think what we don't want to miss, just right here out of the gate in the very first verse, there's so much to unpack. We have just come out of such high mountaintop experiences for the Israelites, for Joshua. Joshua is doing all of the right things. God is blessing. They are conquering the name of the Lord. The name um, and renown of the people of Israel and of Joshua is becoming known everywhere. But, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. Well, just in case you weren't able to join yesterday or didn't read the previous passage, um, these devoted things are something that after the um, attack on Jericho, the Israelites were given extremely explicit instructions on what they could and could not do. They were told not to leave anyone alive, and they were told not to take 
any of the plunder from the people, any any of the possessions and treasures of the people for themselves. These things were devoted things, but they were devoted for destruction. Now, there was a couple of exceptions around silver and gold and, and such for the house of the Lord and for the Lord, but all of the rest of that plunder, all of the things that they could have taken maybe from the from those um, that, that had been attacked in Jericho, God was explicitly clear that they were not to do that, that those things were devoted to destruction, meant for destruction. But the people of Israel broke faith. Isn't it interesting how that, that first phrase, the people of Israel broke faith, is immediately um, followed by a very specific explanation of exactly one person, a Khan, who did this, who actually took some of the devoted things. And the anger of the Lord burned against a Khan. Is that what it says? No, it actually says the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. And this is, I think, something we can't miss in the text today. Um, and really, it's, it's displayed over and over through Scripture. If you are a believer and we are part of the body of Christ, which I hope and pray that you are and we are, um, as members of the body of Christ, as believers, and just like these, the people of Israel, we have responsibility to and for each other um, before God. And so sometimes I think the enemy tells us that we can have these personal, private, individual sins that kind of only affect us. But scripture shows over and over again, Adam's sin is our sin. Eve's sin is our sin. So from the very beginning pages, all of mankind is affected because of those sins. And so in this case, specifically in the people of Israel, the sin of one is the sin of all. And while in our human fleshly understanding, um, that may not seem fair, the Lord was more than fair. Of course, he controls and, and is sovereign over all things. And he was incredibly clear to them about what the expectations were as it related to these devoted things for destruction. And Achan broke that. And his sin was not private. It was not personal. It was not individual. It affected the entire body. And the Lord's anger burned against the people of Israel. So then that's all just in, in verse 1 here. Now we go into verse 2. And, and as far as we know, maybe we can assume that Joshua and the others had no idea what Achan had done at this point. Maybe they didn't. Um, but it says Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, and he, he basically sent spies to go say, you know, here we are, we're on this rampage, the Lord is going before us, we're entering this land that's been promised to us and taking it. And so he's like, okay, now next up on the agenda is I. So he sends these spies, and the spies come back, and they're like, oh man, we got it, we got this. There's only a few of them, don't even bother sending the whole horde up to meet them, just two or three thousand ought to do it. Um, it won't be a problem. Well, 3,000 men went, but it says they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai killed about 36 of them and then chased them and struck them at the descent. And it says the hearts of the people melted and became as water. Can we just do a quick rewind over the past several passages where the Lord has just been so mighty and the victory has just been so great for these people. 
Can you imagine the confidence and and perhaps a little cockiness they may have felt at this stage? I mean, they were on the mountaintop more than conquerors, right? I mean, they had to be very um, excited and confident and bold and and a little self-assured at this point. But now their hearts are, you know, it says it became as water, like their hearts melted because of the fear of what just happened. I mean, they just had a serious change of direction here in what was going on. And and it was quite a shock for them. They went from being kind of in this, this top of the mountain to just this very low devastation, so much so that their hearts melted and became as water. I love the language, um, the, just the visual language that, that helps us to really understand um, the feeling here for the Israelites and... and um, for these people. And so that that kind of um, thinking continues into six as we see how Joshua responds to this very unexpected turn of events. It says he tore his clothes, fell to the earth on his face, he and the elders of the of Israel before the ark of the Lord until evening and put dust on their heads. I could talk about this for a long time, but I'll try to keep it brief. I think there is um, something to be said about how in the Old Testament, even the New Testament, when we see these very visceral, very physical, very visual expressions outwardly of what is occurring inwardly. And I think that that's something that perhaps is greatly missing from many of our lives and experiences today is that societally it's a lot more um, expected and accepted that we kind of hide those feelings. We don't do anything that might be embarrassing or inconvenient or um, whatever. You know, you know, take that home, keep your tears to yourself, keep your shame to yourself, keep your anger to yourself. And through scripture, we don't see that. We see a real embodiment of these of this emotion. It's not merely spiritual. It's actually physical. We are physical beings with a spirit, right? And I just think this is so powerful. And and I and again totally different um, tangent, I guess, but um, means a lot to me to see that I think there's a very embodied experience here of, of the grief that Joshua is feeling and the elders of Israel. And that grief is visible. And he and Joshua then does what? So Joshua grieves this turn of events, these consequences, and then he prays. And I think, again, what a model for us when we face unexpected hardships or defeats is we got to get on our face in grief before the Lord, let our outsides match our insides and then pray. And Joshua says, why God, why would you bring these people over the Jordan at all just to have them destroyed by the Amorites? And he, and he kind of has this like wood that we'd just been content to dwell beyond the Jordan. And then he says, Lord, what can I say? Israel turned their backs before their enemies. What shame. The Israelites were so powerful and conquering. Joshua was a great warrior. They had just seen these amazing victories and now they've literally turned their backs. This is incredibly shameful and embarrassing to Joshua and to the people. And he says, listen, the Canaanites, all the inhabitants are going to hear about this and now they're going to surround us and cut off our name from the earth. But then what does he do? He says, what will you do, God, for your great name? 
Um, again, too much to really go into here in the time that we have, but I just pray that you'll think on these things today, that individual sin is not individual sin. As believers, as followers of Christ, we have a responsibility um, both for ourselves and for the body of Christ, and of course, for his great name. So that's something I want to, I think that we can take out of these passages today. And then second, in response to Um, defeat and grief and consequences of sin our response is grief our response is to lay our face before the Lord and cry out to him and yes we can ask tough questions he's not afraid of that we can say why Joshua wouldn't have understood why and without asking right how was he to know that Achan would do this thing um, and that this is what God was angry about right so he, he he asked that question but then he turns it around and says listen I'm sad for me I'm shamed for me and for these people, but what about you, God? It's your name that that has to have something done for it. So um, that's kind of where we leave it in this cliffhanger for tomorrow and for the continuation of this story. And so I just pray today that um, God would continue to convict us of sin as we read scripture and it highlights areas for us and that we would learn from these um, examples of these heroes of our faith like Joshua how to Um, respond in these situations, both in victory and in defeat, in sin and in the consequences thereof, and then in the repentance and redemption. So um, I hope you'll join us back here tomorrow as we continue this adventure through Joshua. Be blessed. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.